So during this Advent season, I've had the privilege and really the joy of helping out at a number of reconciliation services all across the Archdiocese. Yesterday I was here at St. Joe's, and I think if you ask any priest, he'll tell you that one of the most powerful things he does in his ministry is to celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation. No matter how many times we do it, it's an incredibly humbling and powerful experience. And yet, I couldn't help be struck that this Advent, for me, began with a very different kind of reconciliation service. Unlike these others, where maybe a big chunk of time on a Saturday or sometimes successive weeknights are set aside and people come in, at the start of this Advent, I did something that I used to love to do as a full-time parish priest. Now it doesn't happen so often. But I was able to hear confessions at a Kairos retreat. You may or may not know what that is. It's a high school retreat, lots of different kinds of ways of doing it. But there's something about retreat reconciliations that are unlike anything else. And this isn't just for kids. Maybe some of you have been through Christ Renews His Parish, Chirp, or Curcio, Christian Family Movement, lots of different ways, maybe on a marriage preparation retreat. But there's something about the confessions that come up during a retreat that are unlike the others. And please don't get me wrong, they're all powerful, they're all real, they're all bringers of God's mercy. But sometimes on the, what I'll just call standard reconciliation services, people will come in and maybe they go to confession a couple times a year, whatever it might be, and kind of go through what's on their minds. Sometimes they'll even start off by saying something like, you know, I, I don't really think this is a sin, but... And I jump in and say, I'll be the judge of that. (laughs) No, 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 no. But during a retreat, it's as if the floodgates open. And really, they don't start off by saying, well, Father, I did this and I did this and, and I went through the Ten Commandments. And it's not that they aren't dealing with things in their life that haven't gotten in the way of their relationship with God, but it's as if they're talking about a real relationship. They're talking about love betrayed. They're talking about jealousy or envy or hopes. And God is woven into that for them in and through the human everyday relationships of their lives because that's what happens on a retreat. It's as if you hit the pause button and suddenly you dive into the deep end of your life. And those reconciliations, I say, just have a whole different feel to them. They have a whole different depth them, a whole different layer of kind of raw honesty. And don't get me wrong, sometimes that does happen on the standard Saturday confessions, and sometimes on retreat, people don't want to go into those deeper waters. But when it happens, there is something truly extraordinary there, both for the priest and for the one who is confessing. And I'm mentioning that because I'd like to suggest that's the dynamic we're invited into if we take it during Advent season. That's the dynamic, diving into the deep end. But if you're like me, you're not always ready to go there, and some Advents I am and some I'm not. It's easy sometimes, if we want, to treat Advent in a little bit of a disengaged way because it can be so scripted, right? There are the candles, one, two, three, four. There are the trees. Soon there will be the crib. Okay, Jesus, it's time. We'll put you in and we'll tuck you in. We'll 
watch over you, we'll make sure you're safe. And in fact, the reality couldn't be more different. We all know that we are being invited, challenged, nudged, goaded, pulled into those deep waters of our lives. But if you're like me, you don't always want to go there. And so the church gives us this Advent season. I like to think of it as the Advent season is the border between comfort and panic. Yeah, ho, 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 right? Who wants to think of that? But the border between what can sometimes be complacency and what can sometimes be anxiety. And God doesn't want us to be in either of those cases. And so this Advent season, when he says, I'm going to come down into the messiness of your life, not simply to say, yeah, I'm kind of going through this with you, but as a way of saying, I want to show you that there's a depth here that may be a little bit frightening. And it's easy to miss, but that's what that first reading is all about. I mean, I get it. Of course, the church gives us that because you get that prophecy about Emmanuel, God with us, and then that comes up again in the gospel, and the early church always understood that as kind of a way of thinking about Mary. But if you go back, if you go back and look it up, right, and you got some time today, it's vacation time, nothing the kids would rather do than read Isaiah with you. (laughs) Just go back and pull it up, and you'll see the context. The context, and the details don't matter that much, but the backstory does. You've got the king of Israel, and he's scared, he's frightened. Tiny little Israel is being threatened by one of the superpowers of the ancient world. And he's made some missteps, because he can't trust God fully. And he's tried to do things his own way, because he doesn't fully trust God. And in our reading today, Isaiah is saying, look, stop trying to do this yourself. Trust God. And Emmanuel just means God is with us. King, God is with you. I know it's easy to forget that when the superpower of the world is coming against you. I know it's easy to forget that when maybe your marriage is struggling. I know it's easy to forget that when you're wondering if some real messiness on your horizon is going to sort itself out. It's easy to forget that maybe when families come back together and we're suddenly reminded of some old, wounded, painful past. We can say God is with us. We can tuck Jesus in his crib. We can do all the right things and still feel like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to cross over the boundary from complacency into panic. And what Advent says is, no, that's a false dichotomy. It's not complacency and anxiety. It's trust and risk. There will always be risk this side of paradise. It will always be there. And so I think that's why the church matches that ancient scene with the king of Israel with what for us is a much more contemporary scene, Joseph and Mary. Because once again, if there was ever someone who had reason to panic, it's Joseph. What is going on here? Do I really want to dive into these deep waters of uncertainty? Wouldn't it be a lot easier if we had just gone about this the usual way? And if that's not going to happen, then I quietly want to return us to a place of peace, a place of normalcy, through the quiet divorce. Go back, we can just sort of act like this never happened and get on with our lives. Because to cross over that boundary is to cross into real risk and uncertainty. And I always love the fact that Mary got her facts from the angel, eyeball to eyeball, right? There's no mistaking it when Gabriel was staring you down and saying, listen, 
Joseph gets his information in a dream, right? God could have sent Gabriel to Joseph with that same clarity, but Joseph gets it in a dream. And when there's a dream, you have to decide, did I understand that correctly? Was it real? Am I interpreting it right? Maybe I just imagined it. It's as if God is saying, Joseph, you're either all in or you're all out. I'm giving you an assurance, but it's the kind of assurance that you're going to have to accept on trust because there's risk involved. And on this fourth Sunday of Advent, I can't think of a better way for the church to launch us into these final hours. Because for every one of us in this room, there's risk and there's trust. For every one of us in this room, there's something in our hearts and on our minds where there's some uncertainty or a little bit of fear or some confusion or doubt that maybe we just as soon step away from. I want to separate myself from that. I want to rest in the comfort which can all too easily petrify into complacency. And I'll say the right words and I'll light the candle and I'll tuck baby Jesus in his crib and I'll sort of go on with the script and another Advent will roll by. So maybe as a spiritual exercise, we can just say a little prayer for one another and for the people in your life you do know, whose backstory you are familiar with, who are willing to wade into those deeper waters of risk with you because they trust you, then maybe the spiritual exercise for these last two days of Advent is to say, I want to cross that boundary. I want to at least bring myself up to the edge of it and let the grace of the Holy Spirit take over. And if we could do that, I promise you, then when we gather and all the lights are blazing, and Jesus is here and the hymns are sung and this place is packed to the gills, you know it will be. You'll be there, I'll be there, and we'll know that yes, God is with us, not simply to fulfill some ancient prophecy, but to help us wade into that place of encounter. Because you either meet Jesus at the boundary between trust and risk, or you just look at him from far away. And I think deep down in our hearts, for every one of us, there's really only one choice.